All right, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to Wonderfully Made. It is 2022, everybody. We have made it. Whew. It was a doozy, man. A doozy. 2022. A couple days in the books here. First week. Knocking it out of the park already, I'm sure. So, so lovely to have you guys. Thank you for joining us today. I'm looking forward to today's episode. It is going to be stellar. Off the chains. You're going to love it. I'm looking forward to it. So let's join in and deep dive and get into it already, guys. Yes, here we go. All right, guys, how was everything going? We are just moving and grooving here at Wonderfully Made. We've got a couple new pieces of equipment. We're just trying to upgrade. Let me upgrade you. Okay, tell me if you know what that song is from, all right? Drop it in all the things. One of my favorite songs. One of my faves. Um, let me upgrade you. Okay, anyways, obviously there's so many things in this world, YouTube, you name it, all the stuff. But we're going to do like a visual episode of this. I guess there's a better word for that. I'm showing my boomerade with this, but it's going to be all the things. There are going to be so many access points to the podcast and kind of just keeping up with the Joneses. What's the keeping up with the Joneses references for the podcast? Like keeping up with the smartlesses, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys love, I love Smartless podcasts. If you don't listen to that, you need to listen to it. That's one of my fun, funny podcasts that I love to listen to, you know, because you have like the good growth ones, the leadership ones, the mom ones, the Proverbs 31 woman, and then Smartless is making me giggle, you know, I because this is what I do. I usually do like a good podcast that's like good for your soul. So either like a leadership one, a spiritual one, something that pertains to me, like I'm the specific audience for this. And then I do another podcast that's like usually a smart Smartless or an interview like a Conan O'Brien or something like that. That just like makes me giggle. So I like trade off. That's my vibe. That's how I do it. So no one asked, right? No one asked you <laughs> what my vibe is on my podcast schedule. Okay. Anyways, let's get started, guys. So we're the first of the new year, right? And if you're like me and you're like everybody else, you've got some raspiness to you. You've got like, oh, <laughs> So it's just full blown over here. I mean, we're over the hump and everything, but like it's still lingering. I'm like the Phoebe on um, Smelly Cat, Smelly Cat. Okay, I've already referenced Friends so much in this podcast and I don't even watch an episode. <laughs> but you know what you know about this show? So anyways, so first of the year. So many things have happened. We've all done New Year's. Okay, let me just say, as an adult, it is so hard to stay up to midnight. If that's not your normal schedule, you know, usually I try to go to bed like around 9, 10-ish or so. And staying up, even though it's like two more hours or two and a half more hours, it's so hard. It's like literally a job to stay up so late. So we stayed up till... We, we didn't go to bed till like 1.32 and only because we were at the happiest place on earth and just we stayed in the park till midnight, watched all the fireworks, just rang in the new year like a champ. But dude, 9.30, 10 p.m., trifling, trifling. Pick me up with the spark. I had it locked and loaded in my backpack. You know, I knew that I was going to go down this rabbit hole of like, I can't do it. We're done. But no, we powered through like champions and got it done and stayed up and just enjoyed the day. The day, the night. I don't even know what time it was, you know? And so this is what we're talking about today, mainly because once January 1st hits, it is my daughter's birthday, my oldest born, my first trailblazer, the girl that made me a mama. <laughs> it is Grace's birthday. And so we 
we have to stay up at midnight because, you know, when people have fireworks, that means it's her birthday. And so that's how she associates it's time for her birthday now. The fireworks have started. Everyone is up. It's a holiday. Nobody's working because it's my birthday. And so we stayed up. It is her birthday. And not only just her birthday, it was her 16th birthday. And no, I've never had a 16-year-old. And so this was our first. And it was so fun and just like, man, you know, when you get to a spot when you have your child and you're like, oh, so they're 10, they're five. You're like, I've been a parent for five years. I've been a parent for 10 years. I'm like, um, I've been a parent for 16 years. That's a long time. Oh, it is a long time. And so you're almost like congratulating yourself at the same time as their birthday. You're like patting yourself. I did it for seven years. I did it for 22 years. Like, man, okay. I'm not going to call myself a rock star, but I'm a rock star. You know what I mean? So I'll go little rock star. If anyone knows that reference, you just drop that down. Okay. So anyway, so it was her birthday and we just stayed up. So it was a wonderful New Year's. I hope you guys had a good time. I hope you guys had that great like New Year's day where you're just like, what day is it again? I think it's New Year's. You're just kind of lounging, just relaxing and just enjoying that last like 11th hour of vacation because you just have a couple more days until you really get your act together. You're back to school. You're back to your routine. You're back to work. You're doing all those things. So it is just that 11th hour of celebration when you're like, okay, are we going to the movies today? This is the last day, guys. Lock it in. Let's pack it in. Here we go. So I hope you guys had a great New Year's and just were able to enjoy some time with your family and making some memories. So one of the things here at Wonderfully Made is kind of the theme of where we got Wonderfully Made. And this verse didn't ring true until I had grace. So this episode, we are going to unpack all the things on what it meant to, one, have a child 16 years ago, and two, for that child to be born with Down syndrome, and three, what that looked like as a parent, and four, I'm going down all the numbers, guys, (laughs) how that in turn changed our whole life. It really changed the direction of our life. And five... (laughs) Yes, this is a five point message, guys, what that means for our family today. And so let's just get started. Here we go. Okay, so one of the things that I really pride myself on, and when I say pride myself, I don't want to sound selfish or arrogant, but I've really taken a liking to being an advocate for my daughter. And 16 years ago, the day that she was born, it was a New Year's Day. She was not the first one at the hospital. We did not get the lifetime supply of diapers, but she was born around 11 a.m. ish or so. But when she was born, Leading up to it, I had all the normal pregnancy stuff, pregnancy checkups, and did all of my P's and Q's and drank all the right water and just like probably the healthiest shape I've ever been in and really taking account of my body and really trying to do the best job that I can. So when we had Grace, I was at the point where I wasn't keen Okay, I try and say that word nicely. I wasn't keen to being like super motherly. I wasn't keen to being a great nurturer. I did not think I had that ability. I didn't really have a desire to be so overcumbered with, I don't even know if that's the right word, but just like obsessed with your kid. I wasn't in that like super mom phase. I was excited to have a child. I was excited to have this new milestone. I was excited to see what that looked like. But I wasn't like, you know, when you're pregnant, for me, all that mothering didn't just like click in. It wasn't like like, okay, I'm locked and loaded with motherhood. I'm locked and loaded with nurturing. I'm locked and loaded with all these characteristics that's going to make me excel as a mother. I wasn't locked and loaded until probably when she was about until like one years old. So that's kind of where I was when I was having Grace. And so we had Grace at the hospital. It was here in San Diego. It was a great pregnancy, great delivery. And so we have her and this is pre-COVID guys. So this might be like questionable to you, but they allowed 
everybody at the hospital. They allowed like your neighbors here. Sure. Bring your neighbor in here. Like everybody can be in the room. No temperature checks. No nothing. You want food? Sure. Everyone stop at some Mexican joint or some sombreros. Bring all the burritos in. Sure. Like it's a party. And I enjoyed that part so much more than probably the actual delivery. I felt like this was my like hospitality to its core. I enjoyed people coming by. Bring food. Yeah. Like enjoy yourself. Like first of all, who really enjoys themselves? like chowing down their lunch in a delivery room <laughs> like gross <laughs> anyways I'm not gonna digress we have grace everybody's in the room it's that first 20 30 minutes you know of excitement where the baby's being passed around and everyone's just so excited this is our first so our parents were just excited and extended family was there and it was just one of the greatest moments I can still remember that moment like so vividly in my memory and then so about 20 or 30 minutes later one of the on-call doctors comes in and he didn't have the greatest bedside manner to him but bless his soul, he probably had a very hard message to deliver, but he was saying on how your child might have some characteristics of Down syndrome. And so I don't know if anyone's talked to you about that in prenatal courses or prenatal checkups or anything like that, or she may possibly have a birth defect or possibly might have a heart murmur, heart conditions. And like, I'm not kidding. That's exactly how he said that. It wasn't like, do you want to clear the room? No, everybody's still in the room. Okay. There's about 50 people still in the room passing around the baby. And as the doctor is talking, you can kind of sense the importance of the word that he's saying and the chatter kind of came down to a standstill and I just remember the room kind of freezing a little bit and I remember him just continuing on like this is nothing so we're going to do a couple tests we're going to do some blood tests this is a marker for what she looks like if she has a line between her palm of her hand that reaches from one side to the other her eyes have a little bit of an almond shape to her her neck has a little bit of an enlargement in the back her nose has a like a smaller bridge to it or like a flattened bridge to it and that's just like how he's speaking so matter of fact and it stopped everything. It literally just stopped everything. And I couldn't understand what he was saying. I didn't say anything. I didn't interrupt him. We were just kind of frozen a little bit as he was speaking. And one of the biggest, most vivid memories that I have during this time is, so he stopped the explanation. And then he's like, do you have any questions? And like, I can just feel everyone zoning in on me and zoning in the doctor and the situation. And I remember me wanting to say, but I couldn't think of the words or how to appropriately have a sentence or a question question to ask it. And I had said, what, what do you mean? Like, what's a characteristic? Like, I didn't even understand what the word characteristic meant in the term that he was saying it. How does this apply to a child, a characteristic? I was honestly thinking like a personality, like, and I was saying, how does he know her personality already? So I was just so confused. I was really, truly confused. And so I couldn't get that word out. Like, what do you mean characteristics? And I was saying a couple words and they were jumbled and probably really shaky, probably. But I remember the audience of the family that was there almost finished my sentence as I was saying it. Like, what do you mean characteristics of Down syndrome? What is that? I couldn't even say the whole sentence. And they finished the whole sentence for me as to interpret what I was thinking as to say what I really wanted to know. And so I remember that feedback, like they just said it in unison. And it was as if they all had that same question. And so I just remember that memory so vivid. And so then he kind of went down the line. What is a characteristics? All those things I just mentioned, those 
physical characteristics. And so I was like, okay. And then the room kind of just like dissipated a little bit and we're at the hospital still. And I was just kind of in shock. I mean, I'm just in shock in general. I just gave birth. <laughs> like I was still questioning, how does that even happen? How do you give birth? I was like, what? What? I don't, what's the next stage? Like as even as each nurse would come in and tend to you, just as a typical pregnant lady and they would tend to you, I would just be like, okay, so what do I do? Like everything they told me, it would kind of go one ear and out the other. And I was just trying to like wrap my head around like, okay, so what do I do? Like, please kind of walk me through this. I don't even know. Can you show me again? I'll do step by step. I was just such a newbie, so naive to everything. And I just needed help. I was calm. I wasn't like irrational. I just remember kind of just going slow. I was really going slow with it. And so I remember just our stay, you know, you stay at the hospital just a couple days or two or three days or so. And we were staying at the hospital and my husband and I, I don't know if we had smartphones at that time. This is 2006. So we, I don't know if we had smartphones or anything, but he pulled out this gigantic laptop that he had and was trying to like connect to Wi-Fi or internet or AOL. I don't even know what it was at the time, but he was connecting and he was trying to look up what a picture of someone with Down syndrome is. Because honestly, when he, when the doctor was telling us all that, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. He did say that. What what was that that he was talking about? I, I didn't even know. I was thinking it was very minute, kind of like, oh, is it? I don't even know what he's talking about. So we're looking at pictures on the internet and then it all just kind of starts clicking a little bit. And so I'm like, who, what? I don't even have anybody in my family. I've never even known anybody with this. Do you? Like my husband, same case. Didn't know anybody like that. Nothing in his family like that. And so we kind of like, well, these are kind of like the kids or the adults that you see, you know, that are in groups at the mall or they're being escorted to different community events and different things. I'm like, is this what he's talking about? I was just like, is this what you mean by when you say down? syndrome is this what this is like I, I like I remember showing a doctor like with the laptop is this what you mean when you said that like I, I I honestly truly do not know what you mean and so I didn't know if there was a spectrum to it like a mild case you know severe case or like I didn't know anything fast forward to us leaving and Grace just doing really well as a young newborn and we did our typical checkups and different things and so you know that first visit that you go back and you go see your doctor and this is probably like three or four days or maybe two days I don't even know after you leave the hospital and you're at home then you go to your doctor and you do the whole like check they're still doing all the normal things that a, a human is supposed to do and so we are leaving that doctor's office and they're like okay well we're gonna do that blood test that they mentioned for down syndrome I'm like oh okay cool yeah they're like okay it's gonna be a two-week turnaround and so we're like oh okay and then we're leaving we're packing up in the car and i remember this memory and i was thinking two weeks doesn't that seem like an awful long time to wait for something like two weeks what if this is true what if that doctor wasn't exaggerating, at, you know, at the hospital. And this is really something that's true. I remember us taking Grace to everyone that would visit. Do you think she has it? Do you think she has it? And we would take the consensus of, okay, well, about 70% of people don't think she has it. So we're just going to go with that. You know, that's what, that's what we think because this two week thing is like, come on, get out of here. That's so far down the road. And so we just kind of went with that consensus. And so we're at that doctor's appointment. They confirm, you know, the blood test is accurate and she does have Down syndrome and they kind of laid everything out for you. We were just in shock and we were kind of quiet. We were very quiet in all these appointments and they lay out the like, okay, well, she's going to have the mental capacity of like a second grader. She's going to plateau around kindergarten. She's not going to drive. She's not going to have kids. She's not going to be married. She's not going to have any kind of like functional adulthood that you would think of. Like what's a typical adulthood? She's going to be in a home. She's going to, you know, have to be taken care of 24 seven. And so that was that appointment. And that was our worst appointment. I think I didn't really think of like, oh, she's not getting married. This is my first born. So you're thinking of all the 
cool things like mother-daughter dates and you're thinking of my husband walking her down the aisle and all these things. I'm like, nothing is happening. Wow. That's so great that they can tell the future <laughs> in that kind of way. And I'm kind of laughing about it right now, but we were not laughing at all after that appointment. We sat in that doctor's parking lot probably for about three hours and just had a moment to ourselves where I remember it very vividly, but I remember just the feeling of just disappointment. Just pure disappointment. My husband was very strong during this time. So from now till when Grace was about one years old, we had heavy doctor's appointments, heavy therapies, heavy, just everything. And during that whole one year, I was very quiet very unsure, very afraid to ask questions, afraid to just kind of like connect with her probably. And he was the one that was able to communicate to the doctor. So we would talk ahead of time before a doctor's appointment and be like, okay, can you ask them about her feeding? Is this normal? Is this normal for a baby or is this normal for Down syndrome? Like what category do we fall into? And so he was really good to be our advocate for our family and ask because I, I couldn't. I just kind of went alongside just to carry the car seat. Basically, that was my job. So we just went to and fro. And one of the appointments when Grace was probably about three months old, they say, did anyone mention her heart defect, you know, when she was born or when you had prenatal appointments? And I said, oh, no, I don't think so. Oh, because she's going to need to have open heart surgery before she's one years old. And we're like, oh, Okay, we didn't, okay. Lo and behold, Grace was born with three heart chambers. So you and I would have four heart chambers. So she was born with three heart chambers and then there's valves that connect to your heart and through your body. And so she had holes throughout these valves that were leaking and needed to be replaced and corrected. And so they told us about like two or three months old for Grace. And they said, before she's one years old, we're gonna just correct this, it should be fine. And so we were just panicked <laughs> at that point. Then we just started going into panic mode a little bit because how can someone survive like that, you know? And so we would just watch her breathing. We would watch her chest, the way it would move. We're like, oh my goodness. Oh my, you know, we were just so panicked and worried. And so we would do a follow-up appointment to this. And so they're like, okay, we're going to move this up. She's going to come in next month and we're going to do the open heart surgery. And so we're just panic mode at that point too. And at this point I had gone back to work. I had started to just connect more back into reality for me a little bit of a schedule and just going back to what I know. My husband was a real estate agent and so he had a lot more flexibility to stay home and just do appointments and therapies. So Grace had her open heart surgery here in San Diego and it went really, really well, like so well. And we were at the hospital for one week and it was a hard, hard week. That was the time when I kind of realized I need to stay home. And Grace had her surgery. I was thinking that evening and I was, okay, I got to go back to work. So I'm going to go back home and change and, and stay the night. And then I'm thinking, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? And it was just so confusing to me because my heart wanted to be in the real world a little bit, but my heart also wanted to be connected and nurtured to my daughter, which was a new feeling for me. And so I was torn. I was torn as to which way to go. And so at that moment, I decided to stay home and just to be a caretaker for Grace. And she needed it. And it's been uh, wonderful. And so we were able to get out of the hospital. Grace's surgery went well. She still has a slight murmur, but it's the best it's going to be. It was done really well. She does have continued checkups and everything is great. So after that, kind of fast forward through schooling, we're just kind of learning as a job. We're just, you know, trying to figure out what does a typical seven month old do? What does Grace do? How does this differ? How does it better? How is it worse? You know, so we were just kind of just milestone checking throughout the months. Like we would just check on ourselves, check on her. What is she supposed to be doing? Where's the discrepancy? Because as she gets older, there's going to be a bigger discrepancy in certain areas. And so fast forward a little bit, Grace is 18 months old. 
old. She is now a full-blown student, okay? She is a full-blown student. She is going to school full-time, okay? Like all day long, okay? Every day. And that was the suggestion of Regional Center. And Regional Center was a vital part in her young adulthood or young childhood, young adulthood, her young childhood. And so she was a full-blown student from 18 months old. And she has loved every minute since. I am not joking. That is one thing about Grace Baker. She has loved school every moment since that 18-month-old first drop-off. So she's doing great in school. And then kind of fast forward from that moment on till she's probably about 10 years old. We're doing therapies every day and we're just plugging away speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy. We're doing like socialization. We're doing all the checkups, cardiology, ENT, ophthalmology, regular doctor's appointments. Then on top of that, you're in this community of like regional center. So you're doing regional center appointments. You're doing CCS. You're doing respite appointments. You're doing like all these different things. So I think you can see why the need for one of us to stay home (laughs) needed to be. And so we were just busy doing stuff. Okay. One that kind of marker around 10 years old hit. Well, actually probably prior to that, one of our goals for Grace, and this took a long time for me to get there, okay? I'm going to be super transparent to say this did not happen day one for me. So probably when Grace was probably three years old or so, two or three years old, it really started to kick in with me and connect with me that I need to help her. I don't need to follow her lead in a lot of things. I need to be out in front of her to show her the lead because that was the best way that she succeeded in a lot of things was to duplicate what she saw. And so for us as a family, one of our goals and missions for Grace, specifically Grace, is to just put her out there, put her out there in all the different ways that she can incorporate herself into the community. And this is something that was so hard. Newsflash really continues to be hard for us today. And it's something that is hard to grasp as an adult and as a parent to see your child not be fully included. And so what this looks like, let me just show you what this looks like. So Grace loved dancing. She loved moving. She loved music. And so, okay, let's put her in a dance class. So my first kind of thought was, well, let's put her in a special education kind of dance class. And then I'm thinking, no, let's put her in a regular dance class and then we'll just scale back. You know, we'll modify as we need it or we'll get an aid or I'll just go in there. You know, I'll just go in there and and help her. Like I'll help her with the ballet shoes or the tap shoes or whatever. And so that's kind of how we went about all the things that Grace enjoyed. And so we put her in the dance class and she did great. She did great. The thing that always stops, I think, a parent from putting their child into a situation like that is how it will be perceived. And whether your child has special needs or not, for me, I had to get over that. I had to not worry about the teacher. I had to not worry about the other parents or the child or how that made them feel with Grace being in there. I had to just put herself in there and then I'm going to help. I'm going to massage all those other areas. I'll bring the cookies. I'll be your helper. I'm just going to razzle and dazzle you with my helping and administration and just my great attitude. But I need you to put my daughter in there. (laughs) It's going to be a scratch your back. I'll scratch your back. What is that? What's the saying? Like, okay, I want to say the saying, but I don't think that's right. So I'm going (laughs) to, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so I'm just going to massage my way through each situation. And so that was in dance. That was in horse therapy. That was in typical school. Okay, that was in any kind of extracurricular class, basketball, uh, soccer, baseball, like all the things. We're just going to put her in there and we'll massage our way through it. And so it has like probably 90% of the time it has worked. 
Okay. If you are a parent and either you have special needs or not, but there's something that's holding you back from allowing your child to just do what they love in that kind of area or to kind of set them up in a great successful way, just do it. Don't worry about the teacher. Don't worry about all the like logistics of it and how's it going to work? What if they need to use a restroom? Like, don't worry about it. Just go. Okay. You'll figure it out and you'll learn on the job and it's going to be great. That has been the, one of the best things for Grace and us as parents to allow her to succeed in the community. And And she is so more well-equipped, I think, to do that because of that kind of attitude of just, she can figure it out. She's very social. She does have a little bit of a speech delay and she has some communication problems with people being able to reciprocate what she's saying and understand it. So that has been a challenge, but she'll figure it out. It'll all come together. Okay. And so fast forward now through schooling. Schooling is tough. Okay. That's probably a whole different episode in itself, but schooling is tough for kids with special needs. And I found the high school years are the toughest. (laughs) And while emotionally, probably the younger years are tough because you're just emotionally not there yet or mature in your own thoughts but the high school years are probably the toughest in logistics and trying to get your great, wonderful plan for your amazing daughter out into the world. And so that's been the hardest challenge for us right now. But other than that, there's two things of advice I would give somebody if they're in this position, or if you know somebody in this position, or you're trying to befriend somebody in this position, or you're trying to just to have some more awareness or understanding. The one thing that I can feel very confident with Grace is she is really great at deciphering people characteristics and intentions. So let me give you an example. We took our daughter to, we took, we took all of our kids. You can call us crazy. Yeah. We took all of our kids to Israel a couple of years ago. Okay. And so we were kind of worried a little bit. And the only question we had, we didn't have any question about the travel logistics. How can they keep up every day? The only question we had is how is the city or the country or the region going to accept grace because there are certain areas, mostly in an Asian area, that do not accept children with Down syndrome. And so we were just kind of a little concerned as to how that was going to be perceived. And so we just kind of took a step of faith and we were told, you'll be fine. It'll be great. So we go ahead and go to Israel, okay? And so it's all exciting. Everything's great, okay? We get to Israel and we are paired up with another church, okay? And another church, it's whoever had signed up to go on their Israel trip, but we are traveling through all these regions every day, all day on a bus together. Well, Grace gravitated towards this one couple and this one couple, they were so kind from the get-go. I had no conversation with them. I had no like, okay, if she becomes bothersome, let me know. I was not one-on-one with her. I was not like helicoptering her. I was not interpreting for her, meaning like she would speak and they would kind of, well, what did you say? And I would interpret. I wasn't doing any of that. Grace just kind of took the friendship upon herself, sat with them for meals, sat with them at bus, walked around with them during exhibits and different things. And so you can tell people's love and appreciation for children like Grace adults like Grace when they automatically aren't scared, okay? Because that's a big deal. I can see it. She can sense it. And it's so real. And that's one of the things that is very eye-opening when you're in a group and it's new and things are going on. There'll be a population of people that stare. There'll be a population of people that are probably a little scared. And there's a population of people that like, hey, you want to come sit with us? One of us fall into each of those categories. And so when Grace was little on, I wanted to be in the category of, hey, do you want to come and sit with us? And that can look like any kid. That's any kid, special needs or no special needs. Maybe they're just sitting by themselves. Maybe they got a little bit of a quirkier personality or, you know, it takes a little more patience to be around them. Or maybe they have some handicap accessibility items like a wheelchair or an oxygen tank, and it makes it look a little intimidating. So one thing I have learned from Grace 
and from others that take that cue, I want to be in that category of, hey, do you want to come and sit with us? Because I used to be in the category before grace, before any of that stuff, in the category of scared. Like you just kind of watch and listen, but you're kind of doing it with like no intention of going up to them. You're just watching them just to watch them. Or you're just kind of like judging them a little bit like something must have happened to you. That's why you got this or, you know, whatever. So a little bit of that was me before grace. And so one thing that I have learned and I'm standing on the other side of like, I can't be prouder to be in a group that says, do you want to come sit with us? And so that's one thing that if you were to take away from Grace as me as a parent, as an adult, that I have learned from her. And there's so much more, but I hope that is a help to you. Okay, guys, so I said it was a five-point episode, right? So I've kind of led you through our backstory with Grace and the birthing story, and then we kind of talked about what it meant to have a child with Down syndrome. I probably should have taken notes, you guys. I probably should do better. Okay, that was on the New Year's resolutions, okay? To take better notes, it could be a little more organized. So, and we talked about a little bit as to what that looked like having a young child with Down syndrome and kind of, you know, the logistics of it and the ones, two, threes of elementary school and learning and therapies and all those wonderful things. And then kind of talked about one of the benefits. I know that you know that there's probably more than one benefit and you are right, okay? That's for any child, okay? That's for any child. There's so many benefits. But there's a lot more that we're going to talk about. We're going to actually do this in a two-part episode. This is called a cliffhanger, okay? This is when the Netflix thing comes on and you're like, okay, next episode? It gives you that 30 seconds to like reload. So we're going to have a two-part episode. Next week, we're going to just kind of connect a little bit more and we're going to answer a couple of the remaining questions because I know you guys are driving to work, right? We're going to work out. We're doing all the great things. So I don't want to leave you here for an hour or so. So next week, we will have the follow-up, the 2.0, the next step, the next level of Grace Baker and Down syndrome. And we'll talk about kind of the impact and what's that been like for our family, having that diversity for our family. And we will have input. Okay. We're going to have input from the legend herself, the queen bee, Grace Baker. We'll have input maybe from others or so. And so it's going to be great. It's going to be a hoot. I can already tell it's going to be a hoot if she's in here. She's going to give me sass, you guys. Okay. And it's going to be wonderful. And I know that I'm wonderfully made. So I'm going to have to say these reminders to myself as she's in here, just giving me the one, two, three and being a boss diva in here. So Okay, so next week it's going to happen, guys. We will be here. We will be ready. And it's going to be great because it's going to be so many different elements. And it's going to come all to this like great conclusion as to the story and how it unfolds. And like a spoiler alert, it's a wonderful, beautiful story. And if you're a part of it, it's just amazing to be a part of the ride. So I'm looking forward to next week and we will see you guys later. Join us on Instagram if you are not there. If you can share us on Instagram or Facebook, we would love to have the follows and the encouragement. And we have so much great content for you guys. So be a part of the community, get involved, get connected. So we will see you guys next week. I'm so excited. See you then.